Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. This is episode number 1,222 with Anthony O'Neill. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Welcome back, my friend. Today's guest is Anthony O'Neill, and he is known for helping teach others how to obtain mental, spiritual, and financial freedom. He's also a number one national bestselling author who has helped over a quarter of a million people set out on a path towards a debt-free life with his book, Debt-Free Degree. And in this episode, we discuss the negative beliefs about money you should stop having, the habits you need to form to make more money, how to develop a vision for yourself, for your life and your financial future, the hard conversations to have with your partner around money to make sure that they're the right fit for you long-term, and so much more. If you're inspired by this, make sure to share this with someone that you think would love this episode as well, and just copy and paste the link wherever you're listening to this podcast, or go to lewishouse.com slash one, two, 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 and just text a few friends, post them on social media. Make sure to tag me, Lewis Howes, and Anthony O'Neill as well when you share this over on social media. Also, want to give a big shout out to the fan of the week. This is from Create Intrigue. They put their name as Create Intrigue down, and they said, I adore the School of Greatness podcast. Lewis is a phenomenal host as he interviews the world's greatest thought leaders. I love listening to it in my car as it transforms the journey into an educational experience for my mind. So big thank you for being the fan of the week, for leaving that review. And if you want a chance to be shouted out on the show as well, then just go ahead and leave us a review right now over on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you subscribe as well. And a big thank you to everyone who's listening right now. Okay, in just a moment, the one and only Anthony O'Neill. You're talking all things wealth, um, getting out of debt, building wealth, changing the mindset around how to make money. And you're also talking a lot about relationships and money. So I want to talk about some of these things. The first one is what are the things that we need to start changing in our lives that really hold us back from the process of generating more wealth? What are the things we need to start changing that's holding us back? You know, Louis, that's a good question, man. I think one of the very first things that I focused on was has it has nothing to do with actually wealth. It has everything to do with who we are on the inside, our core. Okay. When we can really get down into our core and understand who are we um, at our core on the inside, it impacts our wealth building. You know, here in California, I went to Palomar College, and um, one of the main reasons why I got into debt, one of the main reasons why it took me a while to uh, get to the state where I am today is because I was trying to please everyone else. I was allowing her and him to tell me how I should think, how I should talk, how I should dress. Um, and at my core, I wasn't confident in who I was. And so because of that, I was able to be manipulated into saying, you know what? I should look like this. Let me go put this on a credit card. Mm. Let me go finance. You know, um, I put 
two leather couches, two leather couches inside an apartment that was running me about $1,500 a month, right? But it's only like 800 square feet. I financed that just to look good because somebody else told me that's what you need to do. Mm. And I, and I, at my core, didn't really understand who I was. Really? And so if you really want to start building wealth, one of the key ingredients to being wealth, in my personal opinion, is has nothing to do with money. It has everything to do with who you are and how much you believe in yourself. What is your assignment? What, what, are you, what were you born to do? When you really know that, then now you can move forward into building wealth. How do you know what your assignment is? You know, for me, I, I'm, I'm a Christian. And so I practice the Christian faith. And I believe that I was put on this purpose, uh, put on this earth, one, to be a good father, to be a, um, to be a good husband, uh, and then also to impact the minority and millennial culture when it comes to stewarding their single season and honestly getting out of debt and building true and lasting wealth. You see, wealth to me is just not always about the, the finances. Wealth is to me, it's like, what knowledge am I passing down mm-hmm. to the community, to the culture, to my kids? What wealth am I passing down to the people who are watching us uh, today? Um, that knowledge. And when I think of wealth, I think of knowledge, I think of wisdom, I think of opportunities. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about my assignment, it's okay. But well, how'd you know that was your assignment? Man, I didn't really know that, honestly, until maybe about 12, 13 years ago. Um, I was sleeping in the back of my car off of Highway 76 here in Oceanside, California, and I was homeless. And I remember being literally naked, physically and naked spiritually. Right. And I was washing myself in the back seat of the car because I was about to go uh. again talk to a young lady. And what do you mean? You were, you were cleaning yourself just so you could go yeah, sit on somebody. Exactly. Okay. I, didn't, I didn't want to be funky. I didn't, right. I didn't want to smell bad. <laughs> and I wanted to meet up with her at the mall in, there in Oceanside. And man, I was sleeping in the back of my car. And I remember looking at myself in the rearview mirror. And I saw myself with soap suds from the top of my neck all the way down. And I started crying. Mm. And I was at that point, I didn't go see her that night because I was like, I'm tired of living the life that I'm, I'm living. And I said, there has to be something better for me. There has to be something bigger, um, better options. And it was at that time I started really looking for what is my purpose? Mm-hmm. Why am I here? Who do I need to be? I started submitting myself to like my parents again, to different mentors. And I really found my niche and it was like, hey, how many people are actually teaching true wealth? How many people are teaching young people how to avoid debt? Everything is always about consuming debt. Mm-hmm. How many people are actually teaching them a different way? Hey, there's a different way of building wealth. You can actually avoid debt and still build true wealth. But what's the true definition of wealth? See, I, growing up for me, wealth was what kind of watch do you have? What kind of car do you drive? You know, um, what kind of house do you live mm-hmm. in? How much? What kind of shoes do you have on? Right. What kind of backpack do you have? No one really said wealth is up here. Wealth is inside of here. Wealth is what are you passing down? Mm. And so when I really started seeking for what is my purpose, that's when I found my purpose. When I literally said, I want to know why am I here? And when I said that specifically, God started showing me different people in my life who helped me really reveal my true purpose. Interesting. So you, you, you realize from being broke and homeless, that yeah. you wanted to learn, you wanted to teach wealth generation, but you didn't know how to make money at that point. No, I didn't. 
So you had to go on the journey of discovering what does that look like? What Absolutely. does that mean? How do I get out of debt? How do I earn you know, a consistent living? How do I save it? How do I invest it? The yeah. whole process. You know, because growing up, man, I, I was taught, you know, I grew up in a very strong Christian faith home. Um, I have four parents. I have two biological parents and two stepparents. Uh, my biological mom and stepdad and my siblings live here in California. Then my biological father and stepmom live in uh, North Carolina, right? And I grew up in a very church thing. The only conversation we really had around finances was give. Right. Just give to the church. That's it. That's we it. We didn't talk about money. No, we didn't really talk about, hey, here's how you here's how you build wealth. Here's how you start a business. Here's what entrepreneurship <clears throat> looks like. It was, hey, when you get your money from Wendy's, <laughs> you right, want to right. give 10% to the church. Then what you do with the other 90%, save it. Save a little bit, yeah. but you know, you want the shoes, you go buy it. Mm -hmm. No one really talked to me about how to invest. No, no one said, hey, son, um, save this money, baby, go start a small business. So growing up, I just knew, go get a job, you know, work the 40 hours a week, make sure you get a good 401k benefit package with some good health insurance, and keep your credit score above right, 700, right. and then you get a good retirement package at the, end of the, at the end of your time. No one really said, hey, here's how you start thinking at 18 to build true wealth. Mm -hmm. here's, here's how you start a business. So I said, it has to be more. Yes. There has to be more than just living paycheck to paycheck, sleeping in the back of my car and looking at everyone else look good. But honestly, um, I was tired of looking good and honestly not being good. Yeah, that's a big one, man. Looking good is uh, that's tough. If you don't feel good on the inside, it doesn't matter how much money and how, no. how good you look, how shiny you are on the outside. If it right. doesn't feel confident in yourself and yeah. proud of yourself of what you're creating. I'm curious, you've talked to a lot of different uh, individuals, parents, families about money. Mm -hmm. What would you say are the three biggest conversation mistakes that parents teach their kids around money in general? Or three, three things that they don't teach they should be teaching? What are they saying mm -hmm. that's maybe not the best thing they should say? Right, right. Um, you know, you had your experience, but what are other people saying that you're hearing? Number one thing is, um, chores you know like we're going to pay you and give you an allowance for just being my son that's good or bad that's bad okay <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> we, we shouldn't teach our kids that the world is going to reward them for just being who they are no we need to teach our young people hey the world is going to reward you by actually producing and by working okay by offering a value exactly not you know? by just living being. just by waking up like, why? what does that teach you if you're just going to give someone money consistently yeah. without working? Exactly. It doesn't teach you nothing. And then it's like, why are you paying your kids to make up his bed, to make up her bed? Mm -hmm. why, why are you paying your kids to wash dishes? No, pay them to go wash cars, not your car, but your neighbor's car. Pay them to go cut other people's grass. Pay them to go walk other people's dogs. Pay them uh, to walk around the neighbor and pick up trash. Mm -hmm. Teach them the true value of working in exchange for finances. So that's number one is we got to stop teaching them that, hey, the only way you can get paid uh, is, you know, make up your bed. Yeah. That's, that's misleading our, our young people. Mm -hmm. uh, number two is, you know, I wrote the book Debt Free Degree while I was with Ramsey Solutions is that the, the only way to go to college is to finance it. You know, we got to start stop telling our young people, hey, your Harvard's and Yale's and Princeton's are the best schools out there. No. I know a lot of prestigious people um, who went to community colleges, but I know a lot of people who went to a Harvard or a Yale, a prestigious school, but they're not prestigious individuals. Mm. And so what we got to start teaching young people is, hey, uh, go to college if that's the route that you want to go. 
but trade schools are actually in right now, and it's and it's less expensive. I got yeah. a friend who's a plumber who's making multiple six figures a year. Absolutely, as a solo plumber, Absolutely. crushing it. Absolutely. And he's like, I go golfing every week. I travel. I was just in Hawaii, and he's got his own little business in Vegas, making multiple six figures. I'm like. You're crushing it. He's like, yeah, no one wants to do this job. I'm making bank. No one. Man, I just had a handyman come out to my house and ask for 60 bucks an hour probably or something. 150 an hour. Ooh, man. I say, y'all making in the wrong bank. business. I, I <laughs> hammering some nails up in here, you know? He was like, but nobody wants to do the ugly work. Right. No, nobody wants to be hot. Nobody wants to be cold when it's, you know, 30 degrees outside. So he's, I mean, he can rack up. So mm-hmm. we got to start teaching our young people, start asking them, hey, what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. You know, what? what is it that that you feel as if you can do in the world and actually enjoy it. Parents have to stop telling their kids what they will do, okay? Mm. You have some parents saying, hey, I want you to go to this school and become this when you get older. And then, then they grow up growing envy of their parents because their parents didn't give them an opportunity to say, you know what, hey, let's work hand in hand. Right, or resentful or whatever it is, yeah. Exactly, yeah. so it's like, how, how do we do that together? Okay. So, so that's number two. And then number three, um, this is going to be an unpopular one, but we got to stop teaching our kids that the only way to be successful financially is to have a high credit score. Mm-hmm. We got to stop saying that. I don't even, maybe I'm weird, but I never even, I don't even know what my credit score is. I never, I never tried to get my credit score. I didn't even like check what my credit score was until like a year ago when I had to do some, I don't know, I signed up for some financial services thing and they yeah. had to like check it. And I was like, oh, okay. It's yeah. never meant anything to me. Right, right. So, well, first off, I've never bought a house. Wow. I've always rented. Yeah, yeah. So it's never mattered, I guess, because I've never tried to buy yeah. a house. And then I don't know what else I would need it for. Because I'm just What about a car? You know, that's what some people I say. Bought I bought cash. Did. You bought cash? Yeah, I bought Let's cash. Go, yeah. Let's go. Well, I had a used car. My dad taught me this principle. He always had used cars. Yeah, me too. And yeah. he had a used car for like 10, 15 years. I mean, he would keep it perfectly clean. Okay. In the highest condition for like yeah. 10, 15 years. Yeah, yeah. So it always looked and felt new, even though it was old. Yeah. And he didn't understand the value of buying a new car. That's what he taught me early on. Unless there was a massive tax break cut yeah. for him. So yeah. when I was like 16 or 17, he finally bought his first new car wow. because it was a Denali. I'll never forget this. It was like oh, 20 yeah. years ago because he, there was some big tax cut for like getting an SUV yeah. at yeah. that time, 20 years ago, I yeah, guess. Yeah. And so he got a massive tax break for his business mm. for that. Mm-hmm. And so, but other than that, he always had like a 1988 Oldsmobile. Yeah. You know, it was just like yeah. that he then passed down to me for a thousand bucks and I drove that thing for a number yeah. of years. But I, that, so I never bought a new car until three years ago. I wow. never had a new car. I had a, I had a 1997 Cadillac Eldorado Burritz for five years here in LA. In LA? Two door, didn't even have a radio. <laughs> didn't have Bluetooth, nothing. And I drove that, and I'm, and I'm talking about the, with the business that I have, yeah, and yeah, like yeah. being around the people I have. Right. And um, I bought it for $4,000 used. Do you still have it? I got, I gave it back to, I bought it, and I sold it back to the guy who sold it to me. Wow. Three, two and a half years ago when I bought my Tesla. Wow. So yeah, for Tesla. so for a long time, I just had a four thousand dollar car. Wow. And I, because I didn't see the value at that time mm-hmm. in buying a brand new car. Right. I was like, let me use this money to to grow it, to invest in my my team and yeah. my business, in my personal development, my yeah. lifestyle. I didn't feel like I needed a flashy car. Going back to your first point mm-hmm. earlier. Mm-hmm. I didn't need that to feel good about myself. Yeah, I just felt good by adding value, and I felt comfortable in a car that got me from point A to point B. 
And, and but you it didn't know, need to look flashy, you know. But that came from the teaching of your father, though. Yeah, because he didn't have a flashy car. Exactly. And nowadays, and then too, growing up, because we're right around the same age, social media wasn't big back no. then. So we didn't see all the flashy stuff. You just saw your neighbor maybe had a nice car, and that was it. Or your exactly. friend or whatever had Or whenever you go to church or something, yeah, like, something that. like that. So like now, this generation of kids are seeing the flashy stuff. Oh, you mm-hmm. got to have the nice car to be perceived as successful. Yeah, I never felt... It's funny, I tell this story. Someone asked me this. Um, I was doing an interview for someone who was applying for... Uh, position here at Greatness Media this morning. And she was like, do you still take your scooter to work? Because I talk about this I was this just about show. to ask you that. Yeah, yeah, I have a little like, it must have been like 200 bucks, $199 scooter. Right. Not electric. This is a push scooter. Oh, it's a push scooter. It's a push like a razor, like a big razor. I saw a video of it. I thought it was an electric No, one. man, it's not electric. And I literally am in a building, you know, a block away from here. So there's no point in driving. I, like, I could walk here a lot of time. Yeah. And um, I take a little scooter most days. It's not here today because it's raining. But I'll scoot it over, and I'm, I come out of my building, and there's, like, the fanciest cars you could ever imagine. <laughs> like, every million-dollar car you can think right. of, the, all those names, they're out there. And I'd like to just weave in and out of them. Yeah. Just scoot around and just smile. Yeah. Like, sure, they're cool, but I don't need those right, things right. to feel fulfilled and happy. Like, right. I'm a joyful human right. on my scooter. It yeah. gets me where I need to be, and yeah. it's fun. Yeah. I'm not saying I, you know, wouldn't like one of those cars. I actually don't care that like those cars don't mean much to me. To you, They're yeah. cool to look at, and I'll yeah. sit in one and be like, "Oh, this is nice," but I kind of feel weird driving it like I'm gonna break something. Wow. So, um, man, I don't know. For me, it's like it's a it's a it's a mentality of just feeling good. Yeah. And if that's your thing, you like flashy cars, you like flashy water. That's your thing. That's your thing. Cool. Yeah. But don't do it because you need to feel better about yourself, in it, my opinion. And it goes back to the core. Yeah. When you really know who you are, you operate and you walk differently. Yes. And that is something that over the last few years I've really mastered and really keep drilling into myself. This is who you are. This is where you're going. I like cars. I, mm-hmm. I am a car there you guy. Go. So it's you your know? thing. That is my thing. But you know what? I'm, I'm really coming to value a whole lot more than, than cars is I want a wife. Right. You know, I, I want kids, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, I value that more. Yeah. And, and, and when I when I say I value that, man, I, I didn't go to Disney World. Mm-hmm. You know, I haven't been to Disney World yet because, you know, growing up, my family couldn't afford it. Mm-hmm. You've been um, to Disneyland up here in mm-hmm. LA? I haven't wow. been to Disneyland. Wow. And I've been to Six Flags. Yeah. You know, but... Uh, we the, couldn't afford the stepchild of Disneyland. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, we couldn't afford the the family trips, right, the right. spring breaks, and it's like, man, when I think about it now, I, I'm trying to steward and maximize my single season so that when, when that way, when I do have a wife, mm-hmm. when I do have kids, I can say yes to my wife because I steward this season well. Mm-hmm. And it's like one of the things I'm really teaching myself is as a, as a young man dating, right when it comes to my money is I would rather tell my girlfriends no today so I can tell my wife yes Ooh, tomorrow. Ooh, let's go. You know what I'm saying? It's like I don't have a problem telling them, hey, I'm not I'm not going to spend $100 on a date on you right now, you know, because you may not be my wife. But mm. I refuse to tell my wife no because I told all of them yes. Ooh. And as I'm maturing and as I'm growing, I'm realizing that the caliber of my financial future and the caliber of my future family's future is depending upon the choices that I make today. Right. And so I have to be willing and be strong at my core to say no to things that will set me up for my future. Yes. And I want my wife to be like, thank you for telling them no. 
I want my mm. kids, because I remember my mom and dad, unfortunately, I, I have great parents, but I remember wearing uh, 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 shoes that had holes at the bottom yeah. of it and we had to put tape on the bottom of it. I don't want that to be my kids. And the decisions that I made today impacts that. You know, I, I want to be able to take my kids to Disney World. Mm -hmm. That's the only reason why I haven't been. I've dated ladies with kids. Like, hey, let's go to Disney World. Nope. Mm -mm. Why not? I want to go there with my wife and my kids. Wow. I don't want to go there with my girlfriend and her kids. I want to go there with my wife and, and, and my kids. You know, I want to be able to do things with my family that um, my family couldn't do when I was growing up. Mm, it's cool. And so I'm learning to, I'm, I'm valuing that more. I get, that wakes me up every day. Yes. That gets me excited every day. That gets me on my YouTube channel mm -hmm. every single day because I'm working for them, then I'm also working for the community. That's cool. What's the third thing that parents should be doing more? Uh, our, our, the last one we talked about, like, don't don't tell them the only way to be successful is having a 700, 800 credit score. Got it, got it. Which goes into what, one thing that they're not doing enough is really having the money conversation with them early on as possible. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host so listen we all know life is full of yada yada like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print and i know you've dealt with yada yada before like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else and yes it is possible to outsmart yada yada like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is already included but you don't take yada yada in life so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider metro by t-mobile has no contracts no credit checks no surprises and nada yada yada stop by one of over six thousand metro stores nationwide When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really wanna say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too. Too. in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know, I think that parents, as soon as they say mama, as soon as they say daddy, you need to start having a money conversation. <laughs> really? Absolutely. At two? Absolutely. What are those conversations they should be having? It's on their level, you know what I mean? Yeah. If, if the kid is saying, hey mom, can I get a piece of candy? Well, they understand that candy, tell them, hey, it costs money. And show them, hey, you gotta give this in exchange for that. Mm. But let's, let's, let's you know, pass that level 
let, let's start having a conversation with middle schoolers. Mm -hmm. uh, one of my good friends has a um, private school in uh, Nashville. I went to read books with them um, last, a couple of months ago again, right? When I walk into their school, she has a picture of all of her kids on college campuses. These are mm -hmm. middle school kids. That's cool. Fifth grade. And I said, what are you, what are you doing? She said, actually, if you look on this one, um, those are our third graders. And I was like, you're taking them to college? They don't, do they even understand what they're looking at? She says, no, but young people are impressionable mm -hmm. at a very young age. So they will remember like, hey, I wanna go here, so I need to work hard right now. Right. And so it was like, we, we have to stop saying our young people are young. If they can remember songs, if they can remember famous dances from TikTok, mm -hmm. they can remember the conversation around money. So we gotta have that conversation as early as possible. So that when they get into high school, they are already aware of what's going on with the finances. What do people in their 20s and 30s uh, have to deal with if they don't have those conversations in their, you know, middle school, teenage years? You know, that was me. You know, we're, we're going to have to deal with the lack of a lot of information that's important. Uh, the lack of understanding. Um, what I did it at 18 and 19, I'm still paying for it today at 37 years. Really? Old. Still? Absolutely. What things? I mean, I, I have collection items mm. <laughs> on my credit report. You know, every time I, right. I bought two homes, you know, over the last three years, I had to explain that. And I'm the money guy. Right. You know, it's like, Anthony, whoa, wait, what is this collection? What, what we see is from X amount of years ago. Right, right. Because we don't have the conversation. Everyone thinks, well, it'll be off in seven years. Well, here's the thing when it comes to money. It, it'll be all, let's say for example, you own that particular collection item and let's say you sell it to me. Now I can put it back on their credit report for another seven years. So just because it was a 15 year old uh, situation that I had, if it got sold to another company, collection agency, it restarts the whole process over again. Wow. So I still have some items on my credit report from when I was 20 years old. And that's embarrassing mm. when I go in there because no one sat down with me and had the true conversation around what is a credit card? What is interest? What's the difference between a credit card and a debit card? No one sat down and had that conversation with me. My mama told me, you don't need a credit card. She just said, don't do it. She didn't explain to me why not. No one sat down and had the hard conversation and given me the education. Mm -hmm. So without that education, I made poor decisions. Right, you know? and when a credit card is so easy to open up and everyone's selling them to you and it's hey, easy. get this, you get a couple hundred dollars free when you open it up. Easy, everywhere you go is about credit card. Mm -hmm. You can't go into the mall without being offered a credit card right. when you're, you're checking out. You can't even go into Walmart anymore these days. You know, everything is about credit. And again, I'm not knocking people who go down that route. I don't do that route. I actually enjoy the freedom of waking up every single month and having the freedom of saying, you know what, I don't owe anybody. I just owe my mortgage. Yeah, I, I love getting into my car and I have no car note. I love going to the mailbox and, and excited to go to my mailbox because there may be a check in there, no not bill, a bill. No bills. <laughs> you know, um, I don't know about you, but I remember when every time my cell phone rang, if I didn't recognize the number, I didn't pick it up because those were collection agencies calling me. Yeah. It feels good when my phone rings, I can, hello, what's yeah, up? Right. You know, I, I'm proud to answer it. And so if we don't give people that proper information, 20 rows now tend to bend, tend to build this negative relationship with money, and they're not really building wealth. And think about it, if we can start having this education now, 
we should be seeing more 20 year olds being successful. Millionaires are being made now. If you're dropping a course or if you're sitting at home and you're playing video games, people are actually making millions online right now. But if we had the conversation with them now, we can see a lot more younger people mm -hmm. really producing income. What else is keeping most people broke? Is it a mindset? Is it the habits and the actions? Is it the environment, the people they spend time with? Is yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. For me, it's a network. You know, I have this, it's, it's not my rule, it's a philosophy that I go by 33%, 33%, 33%. The first 33% of people who are talking into you. So I think a lot of people, especially young people, are not really building wealth because they don't have the right people talking into their lives, saying, hey, here's what you need to be doing, here's what you should be reading, here's what you should be investing into. And so if you don't have the right people talking into your life from wisdom, like I've called you from wisdom on a lot of different things. We're the same age, but you're wiser than me in certain areas. So, hey, Lewis, what do you think about this? So they don't have the right people talking into them. Mm -hmm. Then the next one is who are they doing life with? So if you're dating someone that is all about, hey, I want to go here, I want to do this, and I don't care if we have the money, let's finance it. And if, you're, have, if you have friends in your circle that are saying, hey, let's go on this trip for spring break, let's just take our student loan refund check and put it on there, then that keeps them in a certain bracket. And then they're not really depositing anything into anyone. So for me, when it comes to you know, the lack of building wealth, who are you around? So the people that are depositing into you, mm -hmm. the people kind of in your same sphere of influence, what decisions are you making together? Yep. And then are you depositing into someone else? Are you, are, and, and if you're not, here's the thing, we're just reduplicating it. If you, if you don't have someone depositing into you, if you don't have someone who you're doing life with on a healthy way, you can't deposit something positive into them. Mm. So you have just, nothing to give. Exactly. You so have you, nothing to teach, nothing to give. And yeah. you're teaching them. You just teach them the, the wrong, wrong things. things. You know, uh, while I was with Dave uh, for a while, every major money thing that I decided to ask him before I purchased my first home, Dave, what do you think about this? Before I purchased my first uh, big car, Dave, what do you think about this? Um, and Dave would give me some wisdom. Dave would give me some insight. Dave is much wiser than me when it comes to money. Um, I desire to be married. So I'm going to a married, wise couple. Saint Anthony, here's yes. some of the things you need to be working on now. And like, for an example, my couple uh, that I submit myself to from, for wise counsel for marriage, they told me this, and I'll say it on your show. Uh, they said I'm selfish. Why? They said um, I'm selfish with my time, you know, because I work so hard. So when I come home, I don't want to be on the phone. I, I don't want to spend time with her because... I just want to rest. Mm -hmm. And they were like, no wife is going to want to be with a man who doesn't want to spend time with her. Right. And I was like, I'm selfish. And I didn't realize that. Mm -hmm. One of the main reasons why my relationships didn't work in the past was because I was only thinking about Anthony. I liked her. I loved her. But I wasn't thinking about her because I was only thinking about this is what I needed. And so I have wise counsel to call me out on my stuff. Mm. You know, I have wise counselors say, you know what? That's not healthy. You're a good man, but here's some of your flaws. And so I think it's very important for all of us to have a group of people that can talk into us from different areas, whether it's your money life, uh, your relationship life, uh, your business life, entrepreneurship life, career life, spiritual life, you name it. Whatever you value, whatever is important to you, you need to have someone wiser than you speaking into that. And you need to listen to them. Don't mm. tell them what they should be telling you. Listen to them. Yeah. Listen mm. to them. It's a hard thing. <clears throat> yeah. It's, it's really hard because no one wants, no one likes to be told what to do. It sounds like Dave gave you a lot of the financial wisdom 
you yes. know, for, for many years. What would you say were the three biggest lessons around money he taught you directly like that, that you implemented in your financial life? I, mean, I think it's the same thing he's teaching everyone within his yeah. message. Number one, avoid debt. Number two, uh, live below your means. And number three, you know, really create margin, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and that was something, especially number three, you build wealth by creating margin. What does that, that mean? A, what does that mean for people? Uh, it goes back to just living below your means. So yeah. if you're making ten thousand dollars a year, okay, are you not a year? Let's say you're making ten thousand dollars a month, for an example, you should be living off like seven grand, six, seven mm -hmm. grand, and that margin is what you're investing into. That margin is what you are looking to build wealth off of. Um, I think in today's day and time, we're seeing about nearly 70, 72, 80 percent of people living paycheck to paycheck. Because I was there. They're not living below their means. They're right. spending every dollar. Every dollar, as opposed to saying, you know what, I want to do this trip, but yeah. I'm not going to have any left over Absolutely. if I keep doing all these trips. I want to keep going out because I like going out and having dinner. Yeah. But that's an extra hundred dollars every meal, as opposed to eating, a, you know, fifteen dollars yeah. worth of my groceries for this night. Absolutely. I want to buy the new shoes. I want to spend on this. But then, if you're living month to month, yeah. You don't have the margin to invest. What should we be investing in once we have the margin? I mean, once you have the margin, I think before you do any investing, you should be eliminating your debt. Yeah, first. You know, first. And then once you eliminate your debt, you need to go ahead and get a fully funded emergency fund. But I think people really don't understand. It's the debt part that really prevents you from building. So you can't build wealth with your living in debt constantly. You can't. You know, it's like a lot of people say, well, I'm going to use other people's money. But wait, that makes no sense to me. You're going to use other people's money to build wealth, but it's their wealth because they own it. Right. So for me, it's- And what if you lose that money, you're in more debt. Exactly. You know. So for me, it's all about eliminating the debt. I don't want to pass down debt to my kids. They say that the average person is going to die with uh, bills and with benefits. And the benefits are only enough to take care of the bills. Not to, you're not, you're not leaving it with any land, with no uh, real estate, with no wealth to pass down. So for me, I'm eliminating, eliminating the debt so that way I can really start building true wealth. I want to move forward, not worrying about my past catching up with me. Mm -hmm. And that's very, very important to me. Um, and so when it comes to, uh, when you create that margin with wealth, man, you got to maximize on your 401ks. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to maximize on your Roth IRAs. You got to maximize on maybe your, uh, some real estate. One of my mentors told me something so, so good that I'm starting to get into now. He said, we have no more capability of making land. We can build a lot of houses. We may can't go wide, but we can go tall. But we cannot make any more land. Buy land, Anthony. And I was like, buy land. He was like, yeah, get some land and sit on it. Mm. Don't wait to get the land. Get the land and then wait and pass that down to your kids and your kids' kids. And I was like, okay. So I've been doing that. Just Where have you been buying land? land? Um, I bought some land in my home in my home city, Columbia, South Carolina, where I was born. And then with me moving again late, um, here soon, I'm gonna look at some land out there as well. But I went back home mm. uh, to purchase some land because really? I know eventually, yeah, that's where my family is, and so that, that's where the roots are for uh, myself. So uh, definitely bought some land there because out there you could buy for for dirt cheap. Right, right, right. And so I'm just gonna sit on it. Right. You know, and then down the road somebody's gonna want to build on it. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to cut my kids some a lot of money. Right, right. <laughs> what else do you think people should be doing in their twenties and thirties to build wealth? When it comes to building wealth, once you look at your your network, um, how are you building your number one business? You know, a lot. And I tell this to everyone: mind your business. How so? Because your mind is a business.
So if you mind your business, your mind is a business. How are you growing your number one business? Your mind. Exactly. You know, what podcasts are you listening to? Um, what books are you reading? Mm -hmm. um, are you watching less TV? Um, are, are, what are you putting into here? Because what we put into here comes out. Mm. And so wealth building is really not just about the, the physical things as far as the money, but it's like, what are you learning? What are you putting inside of your mind that can then produce true wealth and keep wealth? What wisdom and knowledge are you obtaining? So that way when you do make the moves, you can also sustain it. Yeah. And so you'll learn that about me. It's like everything about wealth building has little to do with actual green, with actually paper. It's about your core. It's about your mindset. It's about your network. Who are you surrounding yourself with? How are you all mining your business, growing your asset, uh, your number one asset, which is your mind? Then from there, we could talk about it. You know, how do we, number one, avoid debt? It goes back to, you know, Dave Ramsey's baby steps. Avoid debt. Get a fully funded emergency fund. Start investing. Start thinking about your kids, you know. And then from there, oh, man, life is life is gravy. Right. You can really enjoy and do anything that you want, whether that's um, some people are doing it with cryptocurrency. Some people yeah. are doing it with day trading. That's fine. Whatever is good for you. Now, I don't do single stocks. I'm not a fan of single stocks. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just a fan of real estates, some good growth stock mutual funds, um, and just really focusing on building my business. Right. What would you say are the uh, habits wealthy people do that broke people don't do? Oh man, that's a good one. When I think of all the wealthy people in my circle, um, habits is they have a they have a daily routine. Mm -hmm. um, and and I, and I and when I say a daily routine, like they have a Monday through Friday routine, you know they 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 work out, they um, they read. Uh, one of the things that I've I've learned over the last actually over the last few years is when I wake up in the morning, um, I do my personal devo every single morning. After that, after I read a devo, I actually read and study within my particular field. So anything around money anything around relationships, I'm studying in that, mm -hmm. okay? And then from there, I go to the gym. I see a lot of wealthy people are very active and they take care of their body. Mm -hmm. uh, from there, oh, there's another one, man. They value family. They, they really value the presence of, of family. Mm. They value Why them. is that? Because I think they understand, you can sit here and make all this money, but who are you making it for? Who are you impacting? Why are you impacting the world when your home is all jacked up? Mm -hmm. And so what I've learned from wealthy people is I want to make sure my home is taken care of before I take care of the world. Mm. And now, again, that's not all wealthy people. That's just the wealthy people that's in my circle. Mm -hmm. They make sure that the wife, the husband, the kids, they are good, that they're nice. in a healthy place before they go serve the world with their particular business. Right. And I love that. I mean, I was with one wealthy guy uh, just the other day. He, he probably does about $100 million a year. And um, he, he gave me an hour of his time for lunch. Uh, he got a text message from his wife. He ended it 10 minutes early because his wife said, hey, I can't pick up the kids. He was like, I get it. It's no problem. Hey, Anthony, I got to go. And I was like, wow, I was really looking forward to that last 10 minutes. Right. And he was like, sorry, man. You know, wife can't get the kids. I need to go get them, man. You'll learn that one day. Right. You made the priority. You understand priority. it. Yeah. You know, your family needs to be priority. And I believe when you can be a good steward of the little of your family, then you can be trusted with 
with more. You can be right. trusted with 100 employees. You can be trusted with impacting the community. But if you can't take care of home, you can't be trusted with more. Mm. And that's one thing. I'm, I'm, I got a little dog, man. Right. So it's right. like, for me, I take good care of her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I take good care of me. I take care of my home. So that way, you know, I can get the wife. I can get the kids. And I can start practicing taking care of home first. Yes. And then serving people on the outside. Mm. Uh, because I grew up seeing pastors and seeing different people focus on the churches and focus on communities and coming home to a jacked up home. And so I'm seeing wealthy people now. They've created a healthy habit to where now they're focused on family. Mm-hmm. And families now are building wealth. Mm. Husband and wives are working together. Now kids want to work in the family business because now pops and mom took care of home. Yeah. Another habit that I'm seeing here that wealthy people are doing is they know where their money is going. They have a vision for their money. So it's not just a budget, yes. but they have a clear vision of, okay, this is where we want to go. And what I've learned is that not only do they have a clear vision, but they make sure everyone that is connected with them, whether they are dating, whether they are married, whether they have kids, that everyone is aligned with that vision. So, mm-hmm. okay, if our goal is to make $100 million, cool, great. They have the vision. Here is our goal that gets us to that vision. Here are the the daily habits that get us to this goal. So they have a clear vision followed by clear goals, followed by clear daily habits that gets them to the ultimate vision. Yeah. And I'm I'm sitting there amazed one day, I sat in the room and just really watched him put his vision up on the wall and just really backtracked it to today. His vision was five years down the road. He updates his vision every three months. And he holds himself accountable. Him and his team hold himself accountable to, okay, are, are we are we getting closer? Wow. Are we making the right decisions? Are we making the right moves to get there? And that's very, very important. And that's something that I'm putting in place now myself. That's cool. The money vision. And everyone's aligned with the money vision. Absolutely. That's great, man. And when you go back to it, uh, here's my thing with vision. When you have a clear vision, it's gonna, it, that's your way of saying yes or no. So it's like if someone comes to you and says, hey, I want to do this, your vision says yes or no, not you. If 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 I meet a young lady and she says, hey, I want to do X, Y, Z. Okay, cool. Does that get me closer to my, my vision or does that take me away from my vision? Yes. It's yes or no. If my vision is I want to do this in the next five years, I'm going to apply for a job. And that job is saying, hey, you got to do this. Cool, great. This is align with my personal vision. Yeah. And I think 20s and 30-year-olds need to learn how to write a vision for their life. That's cool. Because if they have a clear vision for their life, it helps them stay focused and move forward. And it gives them an easy, hey, you're a great person, or this is a great opportunity. It's just not my opportunity. You're a great person. You're just not a good fit for where I want to go. You're not aligned with where I'm going. Mm -hmm. So you got to have a vision. What's the best way to write a vision and come up with a vision? And that's something that I'm actually working out now. Um, I'm coming out with this next February. And the very first thing is you really got to sit down and just ask yourself a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. Um, What are you passionate about? Um, What do you think your purpose is? Um, And then it's like when you think what are you passionate about? What do you think your purpose is? You know, where where do you see yourself going? Mm -hmm. You know, my vision is to help millennials and minorities avoid debt and build wealth. I had to ask myself why. It's because I was a millennial and a minority broke. Range Rover Sport leads by example. Picture this. 
assertive on-road performance meets commanding all-terrain capability. That's the third-generation Range Rover Sport, which is the most desirable, advanced, and dynamically capable one yet. This vehicle redefines sporting luxury, offering an instinctive drive with engaging on-road dynamics and effortless composure. Now available in sleek, new Stealth Pack, Carpathian gray exterior wrapped in satin protective film with black accents and black brake calipers. Inside the Range Rover Sport, advanced cabin technologies like active noise cancellation and cabin air purification offer new levels of comfort and refinement. And let's not forget about the award-winning Pivi Pro infotainment system. Enjoy a dynamic drive and total comfort with optional 22-way adjustable heated and ventilated electric memory front seats with massage function. Wow, that's like a spa day while on the go. Design your Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. When you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. Like when you're trying to buy tickets for the best seat at your favorite team's big game or when you're hiring for your business and you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. With ZipRecruiter, you can find qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com greatness. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I believe finding the right team member is one of the most important steps in setting up my company for success. We like to ensure our new hires will be a good fit before they're even on the team. So I am grateful that I have ZipRecruiter's help when we want to grow the team fast. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Disgusted. Living paycheck to paycheck. So when I started asking myself those kind of those questions, I really got down to my deep why. And one of my mentors, uh, Dr. Darius Daniel, said, if your why doesn't make you cry, then the price of commitment will make you cry. Mm. And so when you really want to understand your vision, you really have to ask yourself, OK, where are you going? And then why do you want to go there? And when you ask yourself that at least five times, you're going to really be able to develop a clear vision of. I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to do this by this date because of these particular reasons. And it's very important. Yeah. Very important to have that. Right. Do you think uh, anyone can be a millionaire? And the reason I ask that is because there's a lot of people that I see, specifically in LA, who are working minimum wage, mm -hmm. right? Minimum wage is, I think, 15 or 16. $17 an hour here in LA. It's so yeah. it's actually pretty high, but compared to the rest of the USA, I think. I remember when it was six dollars, you yeah. know, I mean it's five fifty-six bucks when I was growing up. Yep. Um, in Ohio. But with people who are overworked, overwhelmed, mm -hmm. only making minimum wage, mm -hmm. and maybe made poor choices before that had to they're paying off debts, they've got, you know, family situations, challenges. Do you think it's possible for any of them at some point to become a millionaire? I think anything is possible. Right. I don't think a lot of people have the mindset mm -hmm. to become a millionaire. Um, but I think anything is possible. Right. I think all things are actually possible. What's the mindset people need to develop in order to become a millionaire? I mean, they have to get over the past. You know, I think a lot of people have made some 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 decisions in the past 
Um, some people are so hurt by, you know, history. Some people are um, stuck in what they've only been exposed to. And so I think there's two things to shift the mindset. One, shift your exposure. You got to step outside of your comfort zone and say, you know what? Hey, I'm tired of making 16 bucks. Let me go over here and try this. Let me just go over here and just ask this one question. I think going back to one of your questions earlier and, and with this question as well, some people are so comfortable that they don't understand that they are preventing themselves from becoming a millionaire. Mm -hmm. They are preventing themselves from starting that business because nothing extraordinary happens within our comfort zone. You have to step outside of your comfort zone and step into your uncomfort zone so now you can start exposing yourself to something that may stretch you. This may challenge you in some areas. You may fail a couple of times uh, when you step outside of your comfort zone. But you know what? Every time you fail, you'll learn what you need to do differently. And so I think everyone can be a millionaire, but it goes back to one, do they have the mindset and are they willing to be uncomfortable right. for a season? And maybe lots of seasons. Absolutely. Might be consistently. <laughs> because I mean, you know, you've been in this by yourself for a long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you hit a good high and then boom, something can happen, mm -hmm. you know? And I know that for a fact from myself. I'm like, man, I was just doing good two months ago. Where did this come from? Right. But you can't run. You gotta, you gotta stay right there. You gotta learn in that mm -hmm. season because what I love about a storm, every time a storm comes, the rainbow is next. The, the grass is green. Mm -hmm. uh, I just got a lot of water, so something's gonna flourish from this <laughs> right, season. Right, right. <laughs> Maybe know? it flooded for a minute, but no. <laughs> exactly. So it's like if I'm a, if if I'm gonna take this this heat, something positive has to come from it. And so I think a lot of people should be millionaires. A lot of people should be business owners but they're comfortable with their nine to five job. What's it take, how long does it typically take for someone when they start working to become a millionaire? How many years is kind of like the average millionaire? And maybe you don't have the information. Yeah, I don't, it, I don't know that off the top it, of my is head. Is it a decade, is it two decades, is it three decades? Is it kind of how long does it take typically? Typically. Yeah, I think not really the extreme cases where extreme it's like, places. okay, I launched a business and then sold it for a billion five years later, but the average millionaire, yeah. how long do you think it takes? And we're saying the average millionaire who may be a school teacher and just paid off their debt and started investing, or are we talking about someone who started the business and they're just making good money? Both. Because I think the average millionaire in America, once they really start the process, can really hit that within a matter of 10 to 12 years. Mm. Eliminating their debt. Once they investing. eliminate debt yeah. and invest. Yeah. yeah, so after they eliminate the debt and really start really, really growing, um, for an example, if you invest into your, like a good growth stock mutual fund, $100 or $200 a month, you can do that within 30 years just from investing into that at that rate. But again, if you're investing properly, 15% of your income, if you are living way below your means, if you're not racking up things, you can cut that stuff in half and be there a lot quicker. Mm -hmm. I really think it all depends on that individual and how bad do they want it. Right. And if you if want it that bad, the vision. absolutely. Yeah. If you're focused on, hey, this is my vision, this is where I'm going, and you're only allowing people in your circle who are aligned, who will hold you accountable to that, mm -hmm. man, you can be a millionaire within the next two, three years, depending mm -hmm. on what you want to do. Right. Uh, but if you are saying, hey, you know what, yeah, I want to be a millionaire, if you're not determined, mm -hmm. yeah, it could take you right. 30, 40, 50 years. And I think you got to understand why you want that why yes. is why is it meaningful to, for you to have that yeah. and not and sacrifice out on going out to dinners and sacrifice right. on the trips and never enjoying life you know at, right. with with some fun or with some spending here and there like you got to ask yourself is this worth it yeah. you know investing 10 years cutting out pretty much 
all these things that I would pay for and just doing free activities, yes. which you still have a great life with. Yeah. You know, but are your social circles got to be in a similar mindset as you? You're not going to be able to go to the movies and this and that all the time yeah. and buying all the new clothes. So you just got to be prepared for that and be aware of that. If, if you don't have a why, you won't be a millionaire. Right. If you don't know why you're really doing it, mm-hmm. if you don't know why you're saying no, if you don't know why you're saying yes, you won't build true wealth. Mm-hmm. You can be rich. Yeah. You can be rich today and broke tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But if you don't really understand why you're going after it, if your why doesn't make you cry, you will not be wealthy. Mm. And wealth to me is long lasting. Riches, I have a lot today. Mm-hmm. And I want wealth to where my kids, kids, kids will know my name, even though they didn't meet me. Mm. And for me, that's very, very important. What needs to happen for, for that to happen? I need to pass down not just money, but I need to pass down wisdom and knowledge. I was watching this movie with Steve Harvey now, it wasn't a movie, it was an interview, and um, um, or was it Steve Harvey? I don't know who it was, but it was uh, somebody. I thought it was Steve Harvey, and in the back of my head, I was like, it's not, it's not Steve Harvey. Uh, but somebody was saying, hey, um, do you know your great-great-grandfather's name? And he was like, no. And she said, do you know why? And he said, no. And she said, because he didn't leave you anything. Mm. And I remember hearing that when I was laying down in the bed, and I stood up, Lewis, and I was like, I don't know my great-great-grandfather's name. No. I, I never met. I don't know my great-grandfather's name. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I never met my great-grandfathers. And I'm like, wow, but if they would have left me something. I'd be like, thank, thank you. <laughs> Grateful. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like now on my drawing board in my office, it's me. I have stick figures of me and my kids and my family and then their kids and their kids, mm. and their kids. And right next to it, I says, they will know my name. Dang, that's pretty powerful. You give me chills. Because it's like, I'm gonna leave them not just with money. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna equip my kids with money, but also with the wealth and the knowledge to sustain it and to take it further. Mm-hmm. And then I'm gonna educate them to, hey, listen, you're gonna leave your kids with money, but also with the wealth and knowledge to grow that. And then you're gonna leave your kids mm-hmm. And then boom, the wealth and the knowledge. I think oftentimes we focus so much on, let's just leave our kids with a lot of money. And then not teach them. And not teach them nothing. Mm-hmm. What's the point of giving them money if they don't have the wisdom and the knowledge? What's the point of giving that if you haven't stewarded the time with your kids to educate them on, hey son, hey daughter, here's how mom and dad built it. Here's how uh, we sustained it. Here's how you're going to build it. Here's how you can sustain it. And that's so, so, so important to me because that's my why. That's why I get up every single day. It's not because of the nice car that I have. It's not because I have the opportunity to come on a Lewis Howe show and just like, yeah, talk to everyone. No, I'm doing everything I'm doing today for my great, great grandkids who I probably would never meet, but they will be able to say, you know what? Man, my great, great grandfather, Anthony, impacted a lot of people. Mm. Hey mom, dad, did your mom and dad talk to you about Anthony? Right. Like, like, wow, can we can we go back and look at that video that he did with Lewis uh, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago? Can't, like, wow. That, that gets me out of my bed. Mm-hmm. That gets me going to the gym. That makes me steward my single season correctly because I haven't been a good steward of my single season. I haven't maximized my sing- single season all the time. That's why I'm focused now on maximizing my single season so that way I can make the right decisions 
that impacts generations to come. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, to me, what wealth is. Right. Wealth is how deep can I go with my wealth, money-wise, mm. with my knowledge and wisdom. Mm. Talking about the stick figures with the partner and the kids and mm -hmm. the kids' kids. Mm -hmm. How important is the choosing the right partner in making money, keeping oh, money, oh, investing money, building money? That's the second most important and decision of my life. It's the right person. Choosing the right, the right person. Partner. The first one is that's just my spiritual walk. Just gotcha. you know, just you know, being a Christian. That I think that was the first part, the so first and most important part. The second most is choosing, my choosing the, right, the right partner. Yep, and choosing the right wife. You, you want me to be real? I'm trying not to get emotional. I had the right wife. You did. I let her go. Why? Because I was young. I was dumb. Ooh. I was immature. Dang. I was selfish. And. I didn't, I, wa I thought I wanted something else, mm. but I, I let it go. Mm -hmm. And so now it's like, okay, let's, let's fix it. Because, you know, hey, you don't wanna pass up on that again. I believe that the quality of my future is depending upon the quality of my wife. And, um, I, 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 I had that there, but because of the immaturity, uh, because of the um, looking at what everyone else had around me, I let someone go who could have been my wife. Mm. And um, I learned from that. Yeah. You know, it was a it was a hard season for me because I had to. I had, one of the things I've learned that wealthy people do very well is they confess when they're wrong, and they tell themselves, "So oh, you messed up." Mm -hmm. How do we make sure we do not make this decision again? Right. That's when I say, you know what, let me submit myself to a married couple to get wisdom. You know what, let me just talk more to my therapist about this area so I can make sure that the next time I have the opportunity to meet an amazing woman that I do not pass up on that again. Um, and so my, my partner is the second most decision because this is the woman that will be raising my, my daughter. This is a woman that be raising my son. This is the woman that together we're going to build an empire. Mm -hmm. I need the I need a partner that we are aligned, in sync, and we have each other's back. What would be the three questions you would ask about money before you would move forward on a commitment of yeah. like dating? Maybe you're yeah. dating for a few dates, yeah. but I wouldn't even go. I, I, I'm not even getting into a committed relationship with a woman until we have a money conversation. And what should that conversation consist of? The what? very first question is, I'm asking her is, um, what was uh, the conversation you had about money growing up? You know, what what did your parents um, teach you about money? Um, and then two, for me, uh, what's your thoughts around ownership? What's your thoughts around debt? And then three, it's a fun one, but it answers a lot of questions. It's going to answer a lot. You have a million dollars right now. What are you doing with it? Mm. Yep. What are you doing with it? And and a bonus one that I I, I really 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 uh, I really have this conversation on both sides. What what do you value most in life? Yes. Like what, what what's what's valuable to you that money cannot buy. And um, 
it just starts the conversation going. Mm -hmm. And I think really understanding the root of the individual really sets you up to understand, okay, how they're gonna be thinking proceeding forward. Now, if someone gives you, let's say they give you all the wrong answers, yeah. right? And you're just like, e. that was the, the opposite of what, what I was, what was hoping you'd say. Does it mean they can't change their mindset around this? Or is it kind of, you've been set in this way for 20, 30 years. Right. It's gonna take, it might take some time to unlearn these things. I don't think there's a wrong answer because I think how we were raised, I mean, we can't help how we were raised. Mm -hmm. uh, my next question would be like, hey, are you willing to have a, have a conversation around these things? Um, are you willing to learn something differently? You know, um, what's so funny is everyone knows that I'm the no debt guy, no credit card guy. And I've dated ladies who had credit cards. Right. And their <laughs> first question is, well, are you willing to learn? I say, yeah, if you can prove to me that I need a credit card, I'm gonna tell you right now, I rock with you. But no one can prove to me that I need credit, that I need debt. And so I'm willing to have the conversation on both sides. Mm -hmm. And so I, I'm always asking like, hey, are you willing to have the conversation? But I'll be honest, Louis, I haven't met too many ladies who are like, like, oh no, I have to have credit. I have to have you know other people's money. I have to mm -hmm. use it. Uh, they, most ladies, they just wanna know that they have a man, that they're dating a man that if they were to settle down with, can be the provider of the home. And that's cool, I mean, right. that's cool. But I don't think there's a wrong answer. Sure. I just wanna know your mindset around money. And then if your mindset is a little different than mine's, I'm not done with you. I'm gonna continue the conversation, <laughs> but we're just gonna see like, hey, can we adjust? Sure. And, and here's the thing too, are you adjusting just so, you, just so we can date? Are you adjusting because this is something that you really want for yourself? Mm -hmm. And that's the only way to work. You're going to want to have to have this lifestyle mm. just as much as myself. Right. And I'm very big on ownership. Yeah. Um, respectfully saying this, people who look like me, we don't own a lot. Mm. And I want to have an African-American black family that owns everything. Um, and that's important for me. What should someone do if they're considering dating someone who's in debt? If they're like, man, I just love this person so much, but yeah. they got a hundred thirty grand of debt and they made some poor decisions. Yeah. yeah. But man, the connection is so strong, the chemistry is there, like I'd be crazy not to explore this further. Yeah. yeah. But man, I gotta deal with all this debt. I mean, I I, I think there's nothing there's nothing wrong with dating an individual with debt. You gotta go back to, hey, are they comfortable with this debt or are they aggressively attacking this debt? And if you find someone that's comfortable in this debt, you need to understand why are they comfortable mm, in this debt. If they're like, I'm taking action, I'm getting out of this, yeah. I made some poor decisions, if, that's yeah. a different, you're that's like, okay, you're on the right track. I can rock with you on that. You know, I can rock with you. And the moment we say, I do, oh, now I'm, my bank account is gonna be your bank account and we can just cut the check and now, you, now we are debt free. So I believe that once we get married, I'm, if you have debt, I'm no longer debt free. Wow. So it's like, hey, babe, we are together. We came together as one. Let's go to now our checking account and let's cut a check to get us out of debt. While we are dating, you're still in debt. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I just want to see, okay, are you aggressively or do you have a game plan for this debt? Are you maximizing this single season of yours 
or are you buying the, the, the wigs? Are you buying, you know, the, the, the clothes, the, the purses, or are you taking this opportunity to spend as much money as you possibly can while you're single? Because I think in relationships, what we do is we don't maximize the single season correctly. What we do is we have a good time. We're, we're traveling, we're, we're, we're balling out, we're doing this, we're doing that, but we're not actually utilizing all of our resources to bring less baggage to the table. And I think for me, it's like, I'm asking myself, okay, Anthony, what baggage can you eliminate now while you're single? So when you get to the table, you come with more assets, you come with more wisdom, you come with more knowledge, more experience, more peace, more joy, and less baggage and less pain. And so I want to see, is she maximizing and stewarding the single season correctly? Is she taking mm -hmm. advantage of no responsibility, no kids if she doesn't have kids, um, no major bills, just her debt? So if she's making $75,000, $50,000 a year, okay, is she putting 10 of that towards, 20 of that towards paying off her debt? Or is she taking that $10,000 and buying a latest Chanel purse? Is she taking that $10,000 going to Hawaii with her girlfriends? Is she taking that $10,000 going out to the latest and greatest concerts? Mm -hmm. Or is she saying, you know what? Hey, I'm going to enjoy life a little bit but I'm really focused over here. Right. And that's that's what I want to see. And that's just not from her, but that's even for, for men as well. Ladies, like look at whoever you tend to date, make sure that they're maximizing their single season. And it's not just money. What are they watching? Do they watch Lewis? Do they watch Anthony O'Neill? Do they watch other people in pocket? Are they learning something? Who, who are they surrounding themselves with? You know, are they always around friends who are just doing uh, dumb stuff or are they around friends and they're, they're all, they're reading together. They're stretching each other. They're starting businesses together. How are they maximizing and stewarding that single season? How are they growing this? Mm -hmm. And if they do that, I'm fine. You're if she it. comes to me and she got $200,000 in debt, Lewis, but I see that she's working hard. That's my wife. Mm -hmm. And I got her back. Have you seen, um, scenarios where, women make a lot more than the men they're with. Absolutely. And they're just as happy. Absolutely. As if the man was making more. I don't know about you, but when around 3 p.m. hits, I find myself craving the right refreshment to get me through that mid-afternoon slump. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea is full-flavored sweet tea, but without the sugar and the calories. It might take several bottles for you to believe that a delicious sweet tea can really have zero sugar and zero calories. But you know what they say, life is full of surprises. Or in this case, full of flavor. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea. Try it to believe it. For 20% off your next 12 pack head to amazon and use promo code 20 pure leaf that's promo code 20 p-u-r-e-l-e-a-f for 20 percent off at capella university you'll get support from people who care about your success from before you enroll to after you graduate pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it imagine your future differently at capella.edu I mean, I, I've seen I've seen a scenario where the woman is making a lot more money than the man and they are happy. And I think it's only because that man is still providing. He is still working. Mm -hmm. He's not a lazy man. He's not sitting at home. He's not, you know, working an eight to five job and coming home and playing the Xbox or the PlayStation. No, the man is out here really trying to build something um, that is great for him and his family. And honestly, he's 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 producing. Mm -hmm. You see the fruit of his labor. 
So you don't just see the potential of him, but you see him actually producing something. Mm -hmm. Those ladies, I believe, are happy, right. you know. Uh, but I think we run into the problem where these ladies are out here busting their butts and these guys are just out here lazy. Right. That's My, where it doesn't work. It can't work. I mean, it, it won't work because um, a man can't be respected if he's not working hard. Mm. He can't be. And I don't think there's nothing wrong with the woman making more money than, than the man or the man making more. It's what's our vision and where are we going? Prime example is my brother-in-law. When I first met my brother-in-law, I know he's going to be watching this. I love you, man. Uh, <laughs> you know, my, he quit his job to stay at home with my, my firstborn nephew, uh, Theo. And my sister was a school teacher, so she was the breadwinner for a while. And I was like, what in the world? Like, this is not, this is not normal. And what I noticed about them two was they were aligned on the vision. Mm. Now today, he's built a huge business. And now my sister is at home with him, building a business, taking mm. care of their family. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't really matter uh, what, how, what works for you and your family, as long as you all have a vision, as long as you are aligned going there. Right. And the man is producing and providing. And adding value. Exactly. Right. You know, and when I say providing, he may not be the breadwinner, but like what you said, he's bringing value and substance mm -hmm. to the table. Why is it that a man cannot be respected unless he's working hard? I don't know. That's a good question for the ladies. But I mean, I think, <laughs> I think, man, I mean, we're made, we're made to work. I, I don't know if I could respect one of my brothers who are lazy. Mm -hmm. Because like, you're a man. Step up to the plate and get the job done. Right. You know, I, I'm tired of seeing our ladies going out here. Uh, when you look at it, uh, ladies are the number one rising entrepreneur. You really go down to it as a minority lady, right? These are ladies who are single, who have kids, who have an eight to five job and starting a business. So our single ladies can do all that and men can't do that. Mm -hmm. Right. Come on. Step up. Yeah. I, I, nah. Do you think men respect women who don't work? Can women be respected if they're not contributing financially in this modern yeah. in this modern era? Yeah, I know I could. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of want my wife to to want to stay at home. Mm -hmm. To be honest, um, why is that? I value family. Mm -hmm. You know, I I want. I remember growing up and my mom working three jobs, my my dad working, you know, um, long hours, and mom and dad not around. Mm -hmm. I remember those hours. I'm not saying that my wife has to do that, but what I am saying is I just want to make sure that my kids see their parents, that that we are present inside of their mm -hmm. lives. And um, that's important to me. But if she says, hey, you know what? I really enjoy doing what I do for a career. Cool, great. Let's figure out how do we still make sure the value of our home is still there, that we, this is our priority. Raising our kids, growing a healthy a uh, group of kids is, is still a priority. Yeah. But I, I could absolutely respect a woman who doesn't work. If a, a couple or a married couple does not create a money vision, what happens to the relationship? It's going to fumble. Absolutely. The relationship will? Absolutely. The number one cause for divorce is not because of the, the lack of money. It's because of lack of vision and thought behind money. Mm. It's, 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 well, we didn't really have a plan. We weren't on the same page. So she's over here spending this. He's over here spending that. He just bought this car. She just bought this. And now we come back. It's time to pay bills. We don't have money to pay the bills because we didn't have a vision for the money. 
you know, it's, it's we're over here spending this, we're getting by, we're living paycheck to paycheck. Now it's time for our kids to go to college. We don't have the funds, but we didn't have a vision. Now, now the kids are out of college, we're racked up in debt. Uh, now we are tired of renting. Now we want to purchase a home. We get denied for a home because we didn't have a vision for yeah. our money. Right. Now retirement comes. And we got all this debt from kids' college. We bought all these nice things. We're still renting. We don't have any money in retirement. What happened? Well, 20 years ago, you didn't have a vision. And so where there, mm. where there is no vision, that's where people perish. You have to have a vision for mm. your life and for your money. And the two have to be congruent. They got to work hand in hand. If the vision is, hey, we want to send our kids off to college. Okay, cool. How is that in the vision, a.k.a. the budget for your money? We want to build a house. Cool. Great. How's that in a vision for your money? We want to go off on a vacation. One of my ultimate dreams. I'm getting excited. I'm sorry. Uh, one of my ultimate dreams when it comes to me and my wife is when the kids are gone and I retire, I want to go on two vacations, each one of them six months long mm. out of the country. Wow. That's the vision. That's great. I got to write it down. And then I got to put habits and systems in place to get us there. Right. If I don't have that vision, I won't have systems and habits in place to get there. Right. And if married couples do not do that, they will not win. Let's say there's a, a man who's made a lot of wealth mm -hmm. and he meets a partner that he wants to marry who's making a, you know 50 to 100 grand a year mm -hmm. and he's got millions in the bank. Mm. What's your thoughts on um, merging bank accounts, prenuptial agreements, the the challenging conversation about is it my money yeah. that I've generated my whole life here, now it's your money, or how, what should that conversation be like? I mean, I, I, I if you've accumulated that much wealth, a prenup is probably a good conversation to have. How you have that conversation is not after you're in love. It's not right before or after you propose. Um, <laughs> that is a conversation that you're having while you're dating. Really? Absolutely. You, you need to have that conversation. Like, hey, so you're not sweeping the rug underneath them at the exactly. end or something. Yeah. You don't want to fall in love and, and then next thing you know, you propose and y'all planning a wedding, the wedding and then, hey, babe, here's a prenup. Right. That, that is not a good move. Um, I do believe wealthy people um, should have a conversation around prenups. Um, and the prenups doesn't, it, it, it's, it could be a good healthy thing. Um, depending on the state that you're in, it's, it's like, hey, either you're gonna get 50-50 or the state's gonna decide if there is a divorce. So why not in the very beginning of your relationship have the hard conversation yeah. when you're in love, when you both are being very fair, and that may be the last time you have the conversation. That is my prayer, that is my hope. But it's like, hey, inside of that prenup, I would suggest that she go sit down with her lawyer, separate from him, and saying, hey, what are some things I need to put in place for myself? I am aware of certain couples who actually, uh, for every year, the woman actually was with the man. She got X amount of dollars added to that prenuptial agreement mm -hmm. uh, because of X, Y, Z. He was totally cool with that. Um, and then for another couple was the prenup was only good for 10 years, mm -hmm. and then it was null and void. And so I think a, a, a good conversation around prenups in a healthy way is actually good. Yeah. But I would do that while you're dating, before you both are emotionally connected with each other. Say, hey, this is where I'm at. I just want to be honest with you up front before we go down this road because I'm really feeling you. And I believe you're really feeling me. And I really want this to win. 
Um, but what's your thoughts around prenums? And just let her answer that question. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Some people may be like, heck no. Then you got to make a decision from there. That's information, yeah. Exactly. And then some may say, well, I'm not really aware of prenups. Um, what is it? Then explain to them what the prenup is. And the key thing is have the conversation to where they know, hey, the prenup doesn't just cover me. It also covers you as well. Mm -hmm. One of my friends just asked me. What if you build a business, you start blowing up and you. Yeah, exactly. And one of my friends actually just went through a divorce and they had a prenup. And this is what she said. The prenup actually allowed me to focus solely on our kids because I already knew what I was getting from the marriage. Oh, interesting. And so she was like, I was actually at peace because now I was like, all right, cool. Who gets the kids? And that was the conversation. Mm -hmm. She said, she said the, the divorce was hard, but I knew in a moment we said, we're going to get a divorce. Okay, cool. This is what I'm getting. All right. I know I can it was clear. It was clarity. Boom. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You still have to deal with the mess and the heartache and the pain, but and, and opinions of other people yeah. and the questions of other people. But at least you know you can leave this relationship peacefully, mm -hmm. and you know what you're leaving it with. Right. And so I think prenups can be very good. Now, if both of y'all making fifty thousand dollars a year, why are we having this conversation? Right. You know. But if you're a multi-millionaire and you have this huge brand and this huge business. Um, yo, that protects your legacy. Right. You know, and that's an important conversation to have. Mm -hmm. And I think if you have this huge brand, this huge wealth, that's also going down to stewardship for your kids' kids. Mm -hmm. And so prenups, I'm all for them, you know, when it makes sense on on either side. Yeah. It's just how you have the conversation is what's going to be a little difficult. So let's say you're both making around the same amount of money and you get married. Mm -hmm. What's your thoughts on how you should manage the money? Yeah. Who should manage the money? Yeah, and the conversations around accounts and you know. Yeah. I think that when you get married, there is there is no there are no secret accounts. It's here's one house account, um, and then after you have the main account, I do believe like hey, you and your partner can have like their own little spending account, mm -hmm. and then you have your own savings accounts. Um, I do believe in that, right? But when it comes down to like who manages the money, who's ever the best person at managing money? Right. That's it. If that's her, she manages the money. If it's, if it's you, she manages the money. If it's your partner, that partner manages the money. Whoever is the best person at that, they do it. Now, I think both need to be having a conversation. I think both need to be having the money conversation at the end of every single month. Hey, hey, this is what we did this month. This is where we're going next month. What are some things we wanna do? You need to have a meeting every single month about your money going into the next month. Mm -hmm. And so I'm looking forward to that. Hey, babe, what do you want to do? What, what do the kids need? What are some things we want to buy next month? We need to have a very detailed plan with that. Now, the execution of that budget or of that vision money uh, may be the best person who is honestly better in that area. But everyone should know how much money we have, what are we aiming for, and where are we going. Yeah. But you should have it. I don't, I'm not a fan Lewis of, and you're smiling, but I'm not a fan. <laughs> I'm not a fan of, of, of married couples having, okay, I'm going to pay for this. You're going to pay for that. Here's my money out of my account. Here's, mm. you know, this. No, everything should be in one account. Yeah. I was actually coaching a couple the other day uh, because he found out that his wife, uh, his, new, his newlywed wife, actually had her own, her own private account. So he was giving her money. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, to spend, they all had their own spending allowance. Well, she was taking that money, putting it, it into a separate account that he had no idea of. 
And so I was like, well, hey, yeah, we shouldn't be hiding from our spouses. We should be very clear up front around what's going on with the money, what are we doing with it. Mm. And it's, it's a hard conversation to have. Right. But I know me and my wife will have joint accounts. Yeah. And I will be able to see what's in her account. She'll be able to see what's in my spending account. But we don't touch the primary account unless we both agree. It. Yeah, that's good. What is the uh, thing that's holding you back from the next level of your financial wealth building? Huh, that's a good question. You know what? You know, that's a good question, Louis. And now not, you got me thinking. Man, you got me, I've, you got me really being vulnerable here. <laughs> I may not be ready for it, Lewis. Ready for what? The next level? Of wealth, yeah. Really? I may I honestly may not be ready for that amount of money being a single man. Mm. Why is that? Don't know. When I really sit back and think about it is I don't know. It's what I have right now, I'm stewarding well. What I have right now is enough for this season. Mm -hmm. But when I think about that next level for me and wealth, well, that's a lot. And God may be saying to me, I need you to get everything in this season on this level before you get to the next level. Mm. Maximize and steward everything well on this level before you get to the next level. Because new levels just brings new devils mm -hmm. and I just I, I, I may not be ready for that just yet and I think some people are scared to admit that what do you think you need to overcome in order to be ready for the next level I think for me one I need, I need a I need a bigger team yeah. uh, as far as in smarter people to me that knows how to when I get to that level they know how to deal with things on that level um, I need a wife from an accountability perspective uh, so that way we're, we're both going towards that together because if I go to it right now, it's just me. I, I don't have the team in place to sustain that kind of margin. I don't have an accountability partner as far as in a wife um, to sustain that. And yeah, some people may be like, wow, Anthony. But I, I think honestly, I need, mm. I need to get more people, better people around me before I get to that next stage. Interesting. And I think when people really think about it, how come I haven't gotten that job promotion yet? Not because you're a bad person. Maybe you haven't gotten everything you needed to get at that job level before you get to the next season. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important. What's the emotional thing you need to let go of or overcome? Mental or emotional? Oh, man. So I'm hearing the right people and team and yeah. finding yeah. those people and investing in those people. What's the, the mental block? I've never seen it before. You know, and I think for me, I'm scared of that because no one in my immediate family has it. Has it. Right. No one in my immediate family can tell me how to do it. Um, if I get to that level, the people who I trust, as far as within my family circle, they, they can't give me wisdom on that. Um, and I think mentally it's like, it's, it's, a little, it's a little fearful that the things I've been able to accomplish today, are, it's like, whoa, you're really here, Anthony. You, You've really just spent seven years, six years of your life traveling around the world with, with Dave and impacting people. Wow, you really are making this kind of money. And I've made some, some, some bad decisions with my own money because of the fear of like, man, I, 
I've never, I've never had this before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for me, it's about, all right, I got to really, really get that out of my head, which is why I'm very big with making sure that I have the right people around me. Mm-hmm. So that way when they see things starting to fall and slip, they be like, yo, ayo, ayo. And I think that's important. I'm the money guy, but I'm still human and I still make mistakes. Um, and I think that's important for all people to understand that even experts make mistakes mm-hmm. in their own Absolutely. particular space. Yeah. And I have no problem admitting the fact that, hey, sometimes I'm tempted. Hey, sometimes I've made some bad decisions with my money. Um, which is why I'm, I'm more and more surrounding myself with the right people, mm-hmm. which goes back to the other, other question is I got to make sure that my, my partner is, she understands that as well, because this is a huge, huge decision that I'm making, huge, huge decision huge. That, sh- that she will be making mm-hmm. uh, because now we both are going to this next level. And, um, thank you for that question. Mm-hmm. Because I think now I'm going to go back and talk to my therapist about that. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm literally sitting here thinking, like, man, are you ready? And what would it take for you to become ready? Yeah. Like, am I ready? Am I ready for that next level? I know I'm ready to impact more people. Mm -hmm. I know I'm ready to influence more people. But am I ready for the income that that will bring? Mm -hmm. And it's like... I'm excited about it, mm-hmm. but I'm like, man, are you ready? That's a lot. So I think a lot of people, when they're not ready, if they get a lot of money before they're ready, yeah, they make poor decisions with it. But see, you know, here, here's my thing, though, Louis. It's it's not just about the money in my pocket. That income brings more staff members. Mm-hmm. Those are staff members that my team, that I am responsible for. Those are families mm-hmm. that I am responsible yeah. for that I have to steward well and make all the right decisions so that way now my decisions doesn't impact just Anthony anymore. It mm-hmm. impacts all these people. And it's like, woo, that, that's a burden, mm-hmm. you know, that you have to really, really care. The weight, I, I've talked about this so much in the last couple of months on the show that I don't think people understand the weight and the pressure of yeah. success or yeah. growth or more resources coming your way. Yeah, And if you're not prepared for it, it's gonna feel like a massive weight. Yep. So it's learning how to balance the weights. Absolutely. You know, with all the success and the accolades and the acknowledgement and the the audience yeah. comes a certain amount of pressure. Absolutely. And I think it's funny because I ask a lot of people like, what's your biggest fear? Is it the fear of failure, the fear of success, or the fear of other people's opinions? And a lot of people say the fear of success is what holds them back from actually going after their thing they want. Yeah. Because of the responsibility of people now wanting more from them that they're, you know, or their family thinking that they're leaving them or they're too mm-hmm. good for them or whatever it is. So, my biggest fear is me. Mm-hmm. It's my flesh. I I can make money. I just if I can beat me, if I can tell myself no, if I can say, hey, you're not ready, I, man, I'll be all right. Mm. But sometimes you get in the mirror, you hear people saying, yo, Anthony, you could do it, you could do it, you could do it. But inside you're like, maybe not right now. Mm-hmm. Not that I can't do it, but maybe right now I should just move a little bit slower. Yeah. And I think keep sometimes. Keep building deeper. You know, exactly. Foundation. Yeah. And I think sometimes successful people, we're scared to admit, you know what? Let me just take just some small steps right now. 
And that's one thing I, I've been telling myself, like, hey, my team is is growing um, and it's it's scary. But I'm like, OK. All right. Let's just go a little mm, slower. Yeah. I, I turned down something that was real, real, real big um, and it was big. But I, I literally told them I'm not ready for that yeah. right now. Somebody would have said yes. They would have got into that season and I would have fumbled it. And because I fumbled that, now I got to go back. Now it's going to take me even longer to get back there because then now it would have been public if I would have failed in that area. Mm -hmm. And then now no one will trust me again. So I said, hey, right now I'm just starting off in this season and and really shifting over here. Let me wait a little bit. Let, Let me build a foundation first before I bring on something of that magnitude. And I'll never forget that particular individual and company said that was probably one of the most mature thing that they've ever heard mm-hmm. from an influencer. That's cool. Because it was like, hey, most people say, yeah, let's do it. And then get there, fumble a lot, make a lot of mistakes, and try and make excuses of those mistakes rather than just saying, hey, let's revisit this a year from now. Mm-hmm. And I've made that mistake a lot yeah. in the past. And I refuse to do that again. Because when I get to that season, when I get to that level, I want to stay there. Mm-hmm. And I want to do right. well. You don't want to fall back. Exactly. Yeah. And I think sometimes you got to say, you know what? I'm not ready. That's true. And I have no problem saying I'm not ready. That's good. Because yeah. I think me saying no today is saying yes tomorrow. Yeah. It's great, man. You've got a lot of great content out there. Um, your YouTube's been blowing up. You're Anthony O'Neill over on Instagram. and. Twitter and YouTube, anthonyoneal.com. You've got a new course, The Singles Blueprint, Eight Pillars to Maximize Your Single Season, Gain Clarity on Your Life's Vision, and Start Building Your Legacy Right Now, which I think if you're single, this is the time to get clarity. So you don't just keep dating people and wasting energy and effort. You really get clear on what you want, why you want it, and then how to get there. Um, They can go to your website and grab that, anthonyoneal.com. and YouTube, if you're doing once a week, it's been blowing up. But you know, hopefully this year you'll be doing twice a week. Absolutely. So you've got Absolutely. a lot of great content over there. People should be subscribing to. What else should we be checking out of yours that you've got out there? I mean, you know, that's the thing I'm focusing on this year. It's uh, going to two, two shows um, a week on my YouTube channel, launching this course. It's going to be the first course that has nothing to do with money. Um, it's everything to do about just maximizing our single season. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't maximize my 20s. I wasted my 20s. I blew it away. Interesting. And most wealthy people who I've seen, they, they've maximized a lot of seasons. So I'm literally uh, walking single people through, hey, here are the eight pillars you need to be focusing on to make you a better individual. And when you focus on these eight things, you will find your spouse. You will be able to build your wealth. You will be able to accomplish so many things. But let's, let's focus on us. Yeah. What are the things on the inside of us we need to focus on? So launching that course... Um, focusing on on, on um, really getting uh, this two shows. I'm trying to get on your level. I can't do four just yet, a week, <laughs> uh, you know, but, you know, my team and I said, hey, we're ready to go to two. That's We've great. been doing one show and we've been able to grow massively, but our goal is to uh, get the crossover 600,000 subscribers mm-hmm. this year. So we know we got to get to two. Um, and then number three is, man, I'm actually going to uh, take a group of people to Israel. Wow, group of cool. millennials just go over to israel learn about money learn about you know um, our tradition and heritage over there so i'm looking forward to that that's you know cool, really man. it's about laying the foundation and just really influencing and impacting 
a lot of millennials mm. and a lot of minorities. Love that, man. Love yeah. it. Uh, this is a question I ask everyone at the end called the three truths. Oof. So imagine it is your last day on earth. You've been building your, your wealth generation. You've got the marriage. You've got the family. You've got the grandkids, all that stuff. Yeah. You've accomplished what you want to accomplish, but it's the last day. Yeah, yeah. For whatever reason, you've got to take all of your written audio and video messages with you. Ooh. So no one has access to your wisdom anymore, even though I know that you're going to pass it on. This mm -hmm. is hypothetical. Yeah, yeah, I got you. <laughs> and you only get to leave behind three lessons that you've learned. All the lessons you learned from your life, this is all you get to leave behind to your family and to the world. What would be those three lessons, or I like to call it the three truths? Here you go to truth. Number one is, um, there's a difference between believing in God and knowing God. Mm -hmm. Know God. Number two will be, the caliber of your future will be determined by the choices you make today. Number three is focus on influencing and impacting people. If you focus on those two things, that equals income. Know God. The caliber of your future be, will be determined by the choices that you made today. So make the right and healthy choices as much as possible every single day. Influence plus being impactful equals income. Influence plus impact equals income. Mm -hmm. I love this, man. Anthony, I want to acknowledge you for a moment for your journey, for constantly showing up for people, for getting yourself out of the car and out of debt to start educating yourself on how to teach other people how to do the same thing. I yeah. think it's a challenging thing to do, and it's a challenging journey to go on, but you've been doing it in a beautiful way. And you keep showing up. Thanks. Keep showing up. And I love your honesty about your single season and figuring these things out and, you know, lost the wife that you thought would have been great for you and now you're you're rebuilding and you're creating something new for yourself so I acknowledge you for all of it man it's a beautiful journey and and I'm excited to see what you create moving forward um, my final question what's your definition of greatness greatness definition of greatness is for me you put everything into your journey you put everything into what you could and because of that you're great as long as you gave it your all as long as you gave it your best effort, that's greatness. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and it inspired you on your journey towards greatness. Make sure to check out the show notes in the description for a full rundown of today's show with all the important links. And also make sure to share this with a friend and subscribe over on Apple Podcasts as well. I really love hearing feedback from you guys, so share a review over on Apple and let me know what part of this episode resonated with you the most. And if no one's told you lately, I want to remind you that you are loved, you are worthy, and you matter. And now it's time to go out there and do something great.